0: it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. Just a language warning.
1: This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, The Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to the theafterlightinstitute.com.
0: Lauren Grace here. Welcome to The Afterlight. My guest today is Rebecca Gibson, who was born in Sydney, Australia to left brain baby boomers who did not like to acknowledge her gifts as a psychic medium. A number of traumas led Rebecca to become a mental health professional working in some of Australia's most violent prisons with serial killers, murderers, and sex offenders in an effort to help heal people whose society have locked away to contain their dangerous behaviors. Rebecca now focuses on the healing of those wanting to step into their greatness through living a life serving love and their soul's purpose. She used spiritual guidance and coaching to guide others to heighten and use their own intuition to lead fulfilling, prosperous lives. Rebecca uses skills, As both a psychic medium with a career in mental health, she is an authoritative expert on drama addiction, spiritual and mental health, and her passionate area of focus, empaths and narcissists. Rebecca's lived experience working in maximum security prisons and mental health facilities, married with her health struggles and past traumas, have given her amazing insights and wisdom that she shares through workshops, online courses, books, keynote speaking, and her divine spiritual work with her clients. Rebecca is joining me today to talk about stepping into your soul's purpose, how struggles and trauma can bring you into the light, and how your intuition can guide you home. And I must say that the whole time I read your bio, Rebecca, I had like crazy goosebumps. Welcome to the show. And
1: it's my bio, and it's it still weirds me out. Every time I hear somebody read that back at me, it weirds me out. Because there's so many deaths of me throughout that journey. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I remember that girl. Oh, I remember that girl. And so I was sitting there like, wow, she's been
0: a bit full on. (laughs) It's so funny because a lot of spiritual people have to go through a dark night of the soul or dark nights of the soul to really step into the light and sort of fully commit to that path. Many, many of them. Yeah, it sounds to me from your bio that, you know, you were no exception. Can you tell me a bit about that, how your journey got started?
1: (laughs) Well, it depends on what part of the journey. So I've always been psychic medium since the beginning. And a funny story around that, because my parents, we did grow up. um, Mum was 24 when she had me, and I think dad was 30. And um, mum had come from a very traumatic background. And my dad had come from this beautiful country background where, you know, his father was a minor. His parents were, like my grandmother, my um, paternal grandmother was so beautiful. My uncle has uh, serious intellectual disabilities and some physical disabilities. And I'm now his legal guardian, but she really pioneered a lot in the disability field. Of my uncle so I, I'd always been brought up around that and then there was this polar opposite side of my maternal side a lot of violence a lot of addiction uh, uh it was polar opposites and so my, I think my parents were trying to find a super grounded life and um then here they are having this daughter and they're like oh we're going to put her in private Catholic school and this is going to be amazing and I just came out just a little extra and had these psychic abilities and my parents are just what is happening and so I've learned now through my own journey career-wise and then having now had conversations with my mum that it was a protective factor to tell me that there was something wrong with me be quiet like keep quiet we don't want anybody to know this and it took until I was 45 for her to say to me my birth and I knew my birth was very traumatic I was born dead she had an emergency c-section she had to be in a medically induced coma to heal I got to go home before she did she said the first time that we met was weeks after I'd been born and she found me locked in a cupboard because the nuns would put me in a cupboard because I would cry so much and they didn't want me disturbing the other babies and then so she would have all of this trauma around my birth that she would like project onto me as if it was my fault that all this trauma had happened and then it took for me to have this spiritual business and for me to start having media she had read a magazine article and I really didn't want her to read it but she read it and she said to me I need to tell you I tried to do these things to protect you I didn't want you to experience the things that I had experienced so I kind of wanted you to think that there was something wrong with you be quiet she said but when we went through this process because I was like a month late she her waters had broke in the beginning of August I wasn't born until the beginning of September she'd had this severe infection nobody knew about and then it took like an emergency c-section my heart had stopped and she said and this is a very strong once you're dead you're worm food there is no afterlife what are you talking about there's no ghosts there's no psychics there's none of that stop your nonsense kind of upbringing she said that um, during that process where we had both died during my birth that she had gone down a tunnel and it was a spinning light. She goes, but it wasn't like light like that they talk about. She goes, it was spinning. And I'm like, that's how energy works, mum. It spins, you know. And she said, so I, she said, I went down this tunnel and you came to me as an adult and said, no, we have to go back. We have to go back to Earthside and we'll sort it out later. So I don't re- remember that. And I just remember growing up being told that I, I didn't see dead people and people weren't coming to visit me and to hide it and you know growing up in the 70s in catholic upbringing had its own nuances for a lack of a better word <laughs> you know you know and and i had experienced abuse as a child and i'd always had this passion because my my this is not a trigger warning for anyone that's experienced child sexual abuse During my abuse, I would experience my guys saying to me, you soul contracted this. You'll understand this as you get older. This forms part of your life journey and what you're here for. Just kind of don't lose sight of that. And I think I developed a very protective sense of humour throughout my life. And anyway, I went through it with my whole school upbringing, thinking that I was going to be a judge And I was going to lock all the bad men away. And I was going to be this and I was going to be that. So I started my law degree and I was married at the time. So I'm on my third. I'm like, this is why I know about drama addiction. That's like drama queen. I'm on my third husband. So my first husband. I'm not judging you, sister. A drummer drummer in a band. Yeah. I married a drummer in a band. I know, right? So, so, this is like a whole podcast unto itself. This it really is the long, the long story short. I had started my law degree and I was convinced that this was my path. And we had this pool party, we were living in a rental with some students that he went to school with. I was a uni student, he was a drummer in a band. And um, I can't even remember if the flatmates were going to uni. I think they would go into uni too. I can't remember. It was such a traumatic time. And we were 19. We were just shy of our 20th birthdays, And we had this pool party. And the pool, is, honestly, it's a very dramatic story. Blah, blah, blah. He accidentally set himself on fire and was really seriously burned. Save me. There's all this massinations from the universe that happened to save his life. And he spent a very long time in a burns unit and I dropped out of uni to look after him. Like he couldn't do anything for himself. Even when he came home, here I am, like his 19 year old wife, just with just turning 20, he can't use his hands. So imagine all the things you need to use your hands for. And all of a sudden he can't do any of this with his hands because of how severely burned he was. And so I'm doing all these things from my guides were like, you have to become a nurse. You've got to go into nursing. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you talking about? I, like, my little naive brain was like, I am not wiping bums for the rest of my life. What are you talking about? I'm not becoming a nurse. And they said, you'll see. You're going to become a nurse. You're going to start working in prisons. You'll start to see where you can heal from the inside. You'll start to see that you're like a warrior of the light in darkness. And there will be many changes and things that happen for you. So I fought against it, but I had learned throughout my life that if you fight against the universe, when those big things are going to happen, you'll continue to be slapped down until you say yes. Mm -hmm. So I swapped over into nursing and I had such an ego about it I had such an ego about it that I'd swapped from a law degree into nursing and I would be sitting there in these tutorials in these lectures thinking peasants I was such I was such a dickhead anyway honestly I was such a dickhead and so I swapped into nursing and then I really started to see forensics and mental health and this like passion grew in me because I thought I was gonna do burns and plastics given how I started. And this passion started to grow in me. And then my guides were like, you're going to move into the prisons. Like this isn't gonna happen. And they were very specific. A job's going to be created for you. You're going to be the first one. You're going to move into the prison system and you're going to be doing mental health assessments, psych assessments. Something's going to be born and grow from this position. And so over here in Australia, um, with nursing, you do like a 12 month postgraduate period to kind of ease you into where you want to work. And I, so I didn't have the experience. This job came up, it was the first position in New South Wales. And I didn't meet the length of years experience. I didn't meet the master's qualifications. I didn't meet any of the criteria. And my ego is like, you're going to make the biggest fool out of yourself. Do not do this. And my guys, do it, do it, do it. We have told you, this is what you've been preparing for. This is your journey. This is, and I didn't want to do it. I worked a night shift and my interview was an hour away. I had to race, much like I raced here now. I had to race from my work to the interview. I was 23 years old. I've walked into this all-male maximum security jail. I've walked into this interview where there's this five people sitting there like uniforms of prison officers and and male nurse managers and then there's this psychiatrist and I love him dearly he's like my father now he's so it's a panel of five he's bow tie glasses down looking like this hands behind his head feet up on the desk rocking in his chair just like looking at me and I'm getting more and more agitated because one, my ego's like, oh my God, you're going to make a dickhead out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Two, I'd been arguing with my guys the whole way there going, I can't believe you're doing this to me. I'm not saying yes to this. This is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? And so I'm so intimidated. And I'm like, they must think that I'm the biggest whatever fool for coming here. And I knew so many other very experienced older men who had applied for that position. I was like, I'm not even going to get this. And the psychiatrist said to me, how do you feel about being a doctor's handmaiden? And I just, my nostrils started flaring. I'm sure they did. I said, listen, because I had no skin in the game. It wasn't my job. You know, I thought I'm not going to get this. I said, do you want the the interview answer or do you want my real answer and he goes oh inviting me with his English accent give me both and then put his glasses down <laughs> a bit he's funny he's really funny now that I know he sense to humor, he was totally just riling me up on purpose yeah I said oh I'll give you an interview answer the interview answer is yes doctor whatever you want doctor what far would you like doctor how can I help you doctor and he goes what's the real answer and I'm trying not to swear. I said, (laughs) you can get, you can get effed. I'm not getting anything for you. And when you get up and get yourself a cup of coffee, I'll have white with two things very much. And he said, because I had that attitude, it's the reason why they gave me the job. Because he knew that I'd just be like, whatever, I'll just handle myself in here. I'll just tell everyone where to go. And so that's what got me this job that, led into a very strange career and has ultimately led me to this place where now I have a spiritual business and I'm still actively working in this old system during COVID, on COVID wards, and having to find the bridge, like where's my place on this bridge to help people understand that you're still navigating 3D. You can be as enlightened or as awakened as the, you know till the cows come home, but you're still physically in three d. So nice. trying to ground people into you're in three d, you can have fifth dimensional consciousness, but you can't bypass over into fifth dimensional consciousness and think that you're better than the majority of people Mm -hmm. around it just doesn't work like that that's still coming from ego and yet I see so much spiritual community conversation going on during this pandemic that just makes me want to pull my hair out I was like like you can't be moving into oneness if you're not going to sit back with everybody else and empathize and be empathic and Mm. be in the thick of it right you just can't Right. So that's where I'm at now.
0: That's wow. my journey
1: now is making sure that people are like crossing over the bridge and still grounded on either side until whatever happens where we cross over from this 3D reality or whatever it is that's going to happen. So, wow, I'm hoping to change the narrative in psych hospitals too. Like psychiatry is a very white male dominated system. It's been set up in a way to oppress people. And that's just the reality of it. And people that are working in it now obviously don't want to work in that system, but we're still confined. Like, I don't know if you saw the news, but nurses here went on strike this week for the first time in a decade. Like we're trying to shift this system That we see as a business and so i'm wanting to do it from the inside where people are having different conversations colleagues are talking about spiritual health and how important spiritual health is to mental health and physical health and how important it is for us to have these conversations where we start opening up our mind and our consciousness to what we know is true but what's been told to us in our system that's psychotic you're delusional, you're having some kind <laughs> of mental health event. I'm like, well, yes. no. And I'm, I'm actually finding myself with certain people going, that's madness. I'm like, is that madness or is it just you're not able to tune into those frequencies yet? And you don't have the emotional intelligence and bandwidth to get up onto that plane. And so, what you want to tell me is madness, is, is me telling you, you'll get there. There, there, you'll
0: get there. There's so much there. for us to talk about with all of this, and it sounds to me like you're very passionate about the work that you are doing. And I do want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, how you do kind of merge the two worlds. I mean, you are talking about working with people in mental health. We would know that when you're talking about hearing spirit, you're probably hearing that. Maybe you're hearing it outside of your head, but most likely in your head, therefore you're hearing voices so I'm sure you're not too dissimilar and all of us who hear spirit are, are not too dissimilar from those who also hear voices but maybe in a different way. Before that I just want to go back, back, back for a second on a quick tangent in relation to your upbringing. Because when you were speaking you know, you're talking about your family situation, how it was sort of quite different on the paternal versus the maternal side and how you and your mother went through quite the journey together right from the get-go. And I guess I was just yeah. sort of wondering whether or not you feel as though we choose our parents. You did mention soul. Oh, absolutely. previously.
1: We absolutely yeah. choose our parents. And as an empath, And this is like one of the things that I teach in my courses, Empowering Empaths. As an empath, the majority of us have chosen a parent who would be considered to meet the criteria for narcissistic personality. And we deliberately choose these parents that are disconnected from self. So we exercise our ability to tune into the emotional frequency of others around us. But then, you know, there's a lot of trauma that comes with that. And then we this side of things and we get stuck in our own disconnect from source god the universe whatever you want to call it Mm. and so yeah we do pick our parents and because we tend to focus on trauma I would be focusing on mom's side of the family this very difficult relationship that I have with her this very difficult relationship that I have with her father This very difficult relationship that she had with her parents and all the kind of the narcissistic rage that would happen if I had an emotional response to anything that she had done, Mm -hmm. then she would tell me I had no right to have that emotional response because it wasn't the same as when she had experienced this next level of abuse. And then there would be my dad who would be so quiet and I'd be going off with my grandma and spending time with her, watching her raise money, set up a foundation for people with disability, really advocate for kids that had been sexually abused in institutions where they were made to be placed when they had severe intellectual and physical disability. And it was such a dichotomy of like two sides of my family that really plays out in where I am now as an adult, like moving into mental health. This is my 27th year. I'm legal guardian for my uncle now because my dad's passed away and and I really advocate still for disabilities and still trying to mother my 70 year old mother into rem- finding herself and finding a healthy relationship with herself and then with me so she can have it with her granddaughter, my, my daughter. Mm-hmm. And me being the more emotionally intelligent person in this only because I've done so much work on myself like years ago when I was working a drama 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 everything was like why is this all happening to me really in that victim archetype, type strongly in that victim archetype, which is a big thing with empaths because most of us come here to be warriors in this mass awakening this this thing that's happening with us as you know earth and all of her creatures empaths play such a vital role and yet we've picked these lives and these parents that have created so many lessons and reminders through trauma that we kind of get stuck in the 3d of it and then the drama cycle and then why does this keep happening and you completely lose sight the veil is so strong that why do why does this keep happening to me and then you don't realize oh I'm totally Creating all of this from a place of I agree to this trauma and that trauma, (laughs) this is all soul contract and I need to remember who Mm. I am. But it's hard to get to that point. It takes those down on your knees. I don't want to play this game anymore. Take me out. Mm -hmm. And I would have so many people around me kill themselves, patients, friends. Like my best friend did the most horrific thing one year and that's really where my life started to change Something happened in 2005 that was so horrific that really changed the course of my life and um, was the dissolving of my second marriage. I just had reached this point where I don't care. I got on drugs for a little while in a super volatile relationship after I nursed my dad to cross over. Not long after that, had happened. It was a lot of media attention. It was like so much drama. It was the most dramatic point of my life. I'm like, why why it's not me doing this like I don't want to play this game anymore why have I agreed to be in this avatar I started thinking in terms of the game why am I in this avatar why am I choosing these places why am I choosing these lessons and it took something so horrible for me to start to think I've got to look within because I can't Every time I look without it, it's just war and mayhem. I've got to find somewhere else to go because I don't want to kill myself because of the devastation that it leaves. So if I want to check myself out of this game, why? If I want to check myself out of the game, just find somewhere else to play. Yeah. So that's what I did. I went with
0: him. I guess I'm sort of hearing from you that you've had all of these and you sort of alluded to it even when I read your bio earlier that you've had almost all these little micro lives within the one life that you're living and all of these different influences and all of these different paths you can choose to go down and yet at the very beginning you talked about identifying as a psychic medium from the from the get-go so was spirit always sort of there in the background did you sometimes quiet the voices how did it sort of show up for you and how did you decide to start to listen to it when i was little it was seeing seeing
1: and hearing people talking to me as I started being told there's something wrong with me and you need to be quiet about that, which now Mum says you were saying things. It was very obvious you were psychic and things were not going to be good for you. So we told you to be quiet. Um, it took until my grandmother passed away and my parents didn't want me to go through the trauma of her having cancer. And they sent me away on holidays um, with my mum's family and the day that she died, well, the, during the night that she died, she came to visit me in my sleep. We had this big conversation and woke up in the morning. It was the, I was staying in a caravan park um, with my auntie and uncle and my cousins. And it was the first morning. Everyone got so excited. They were waking everyone up. Dolphins had come into the beach. So we all raced up to the beach at sunrise because there was dolphins. And I turned around. And I said to everyone, oh, my grandma died. And it was a conversation that was kept quiet for me. Nobody wanted me to know that she was sick. My mum had just had um, my brother, my second brother, like 10 months apart. She just, so she had a 10 month old and a newborn, and there was just all this stuff going on. And we were standing, I remember standing there looking at these dolphins and everyone's so excited. And I'm thinking, oh, my grandma died. I don't think I should be excited because she came to say goodbye to me and we had this big conversation. And then someone said, oh, Rebecca, your dad's here. And I'm like, yeah, that's because my grandma died. And so everyone started to realize, oh, something's a bit weird here. And then there would be strange conversations about me, about keeping it hush-hush. And so I've learned, and even being abused as a child, I always learned keep everything quiet. Don't tell anyone. It's not safe to tell people anything so then I would quieten it down and it would take them like really coming up in my face and for me to be scared and it was always at points in time where I wasn't safe and they were keeping me safe so I started working at the morgue my career started in the morgue I lasted six months before I left because I got caught so many times by my colleagues talking to deceased bodies I said, I'm going to ruin my career before I've even started. I cannot stay here. So I left and it wasn't that long after that I started working in prisons and I walked in so much in it, like as an empath, walking into that environment, like serial killers and murderers and sex offenders and stuff. It was so oppressive, the energy. And then just the 3D stuff of being a young 23 year old female with this avatar walking into a male maximum security prison mm-hmm. it just there was like a lot going on you know yeah. and so I just would try and shut it down it would kick in like my guys would come through very strongly when I'm in danger but any other time I'd be like no no and then because I was doing that my physical avatars started to get really sick multiple near-death experiences lots of different things happened to me while i was there like i dislocated my knee broke my patella outside the maximum security gym lying on the ground that turned into a gazillion surgeries clots in my lungs clots in my legs like all these different things where i'd had surgeries where i died during the surgery and have to be resuscitated Mm -hmm. and i look back at it now and thinking oh i was filled with other people's trauma and I had no idea that I was an empath I didn't even know what an empath was Mm. I was trying to be extremely left brain and not have any form of spiritual health going on every time I felt called to it and started pulling out cards I could have this secret box with all my witch stuff in it my herbs and all this stuff that I've been collecting since I was a child and then whatever relationship I was in at the time or someone would see it and then all the questions would start and then people would question my mental health and so then it would all get put away
0: mm-hmm.
1: again mm-hmm. and I just didn't have that kind of, and no like in the 90s and stuff no one was talking about impacts yeah
0: it wasn't a thing
1: yeah and so now I'm like oh it's really a thing and I've noticed since I've been working on COVID wards and I haven't been looking after my spiritual health as strongly as i should be because i'm 3d exhausted yeah i'm now having the ongoing health problems again so I, like i've got a diagnosis of systemic lupus and then all these other things that come with it and mm. had a kidney taken out my stomach taken out and i got a foot full of metal after it spontaneously broke and a leg foot of metal and you know all of these things like all this necrotic lung tissue from um, blood clots necrotic bone tissue from a zillion years on prednisone just stuff like that so it's I m- my avatar and I we don't get along so healthily mm. <laughs> because mm. I do ignore when I shouldn't at times that spiritual health and then when I'm really like focused on it life's super great Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm in this I'm back into one of these energetic dichotomies at the moment where I didn't like I took during the pandemic I wasn't working in the hospital I broke my foot I hadn't gone back I'm like that's it I'm not going back and I took the whole of 2020 off my business was flourishing you know m- more money than I would ever get nursing in hospitals. And then 2021 here, and at the beginning of 2021, like my guys, like you have to go back. There are many lessons for you to learn. You're going to learn more about warrior energy than you've ever learned. You're going to teach empaths to rise as warriors, to not pussyfoot around with this, oh, I've got a crystal and oh, I have these moon circles and all the stuff that I had been doing that I see other, especially white women, doing now I'm thinking this is just surface level crap you're really not prepared to like roll your sleeves up and get dirty in the time where we need to get dirty the most mm-hmm. we need to be so grounded in what's happening right now in order for us to literally shift as a collective you can't just bypass the collective and say oh I'm heaps better than you like there's so much spiritual ego happening people think it's being awakened and it's like no you're not this is ego like it's time for you to now roll up your sleeves get dirty some of it's not gonna feel nice you can't just be sitting there buzzing all the time because you're not actually dressing your shadow just bypassing it I'm awake now I don't have any shadow look at me I'm so wonderful that's not that's not how it works so I've you know dove back right into the the murky yucky stuff to find more lessons and I'm okay with that I'm a, like that's my choice
0: mm-hmm. I guess I'm wondering whether or not you have some tips and tricks for you know empaths who might be listening to this and also if you could quickly define how you define an empath and one thing I will mention as well to our listener at home just because you can't see Rebecca when she's mentioning her stories of going into the prison I do want you to picture a really beautiful blonde bombshell which is not necessarily (laughs) what people would assume a prison guard to look like which is kind of would explain some of your stories as well would make it a little bit more obvious to people who maybe haven't googled you yet
1: yeah well see that's another thing all these expectations on the avatar (laughs)
0: You know what I mean? Yes, but it's great because, you know, I think that, you know, your story is just showing that it doesn't matter, you know, how people might perceive you. It's about the inner warrior within and it's about your inner calling and it's about you kind of, in a way, defying the odds. I mean, 27 years ago, you going in for that interview, that would have just been, I'm sure (laughs) they would have just thought that you got off at the wrong stop. They did. I, I,
1: I'd like look back and i look at their faces now. At the time, I was thinking, how dare you look at me like that? It's like, I'm not like, it would get so defensive. And now, like I imagine my daughter, when she turns 23, if she said to me, mum, I'm just rocking out to this maximum security prison. And I've decided I'm going to do psych assessments and serial killers and pedophiles, you know, play around for a decade or so. <laughs> it's not
0: happening. <laughs> are you talking about? Exactly. So let's go back to the empath conversation.
1: This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. So empaths, people, oh my goodness. So we all have these archetypes, right? All of us have the same four archetypes of child, victim, prostitute, and saboteur. Everyone freaks out about the prostitute, but the prostitute is just that part of us that works a job that we don't want to, feeling unsafe if we don't, feeling like we can't feed ourselves. If we don't, we can't look after ourselves. If we don't, you know, no boundaries, compromising our values and stuff in order to keep ourselves safe. So don't freak out about the prostitute archetype. But victims very strong in all of us. And we've all led lives where things have happened to us, traumas, events, that have reinforced that victim archetype and empaths are it's, it's a psychic ability right so you have all your senses there's a clairvoyance where you have extra heightened perception of vision clairaudience with extra heightened perception of hearing that kind of thing empaths have an extra heightened sense of emotional energy The pathway of emotion, empath. And so they are literally feeling the emotional frequency and energy of everybody around them. And because it feels like you, and we're so programmed that everything that you're feeling is your own, empaths get highly confused and discombobulated about what emotional frequency they're feeling because we're conditioned to think that it's ours. Nobody talks about the fact that this is a psychic ability. And so we're not kind of taking a board. Oh, I'm feeling this now. It's actually not mine. I'm feeling this now. And logically, my left brain tells me, if you're feeling and experiencing this, it's for a reason. So I'm going to sit here and quickly analyze why I'm feeling like this. And I'm going to attach some kind of past trauma or conversation, something, oh, that must be why I'm feeling like this. And then go and blow that particular thing out of proportion when that's not actually your emotion. And so you start creating drama for yourself because you want to know why you're feeling all of these things instead of realising if I set boundaries and I start saying no and I don't feel guilty or shameful for cancelling things and if I say, listen... I know you're ringing me because empaths always have that one or two friend at least that rings them and just dumps like an emotional big diary dump, and then they walk away feeling amazing, and the empath sitting there like, "What the hell just happened to me? I feel like crap." And then they'll internalize it, thinking it's something to do with them. So it's getting to yourself to the stage where you start practicing boundaries, knowing what your boundaries are, because that's another big thing we grow up most of us grow up not allowed to have boundaries crap loads of boundaries put on top of us but we're not actually allowed to express our own boundaries so then we just like what's our boundary we have parents when we're emotionally taking on board their stuff as children and then parenting them emotionally we're the emotional intelligent ones so all our friends come to us for advice all our friends come to us like oh I've started seeing this person what do you think oh, can we get together for coffee? And you think it's because they want to spend time with you and it's because they want to dump on you. And so you start to attach your self-worth and self-validation to how people are wanting this energy from you. And so you set no boundaries. So you need to get to this place where like enough is enough. I can't handle this anymore. I'm just going to twist myself into knots or physically I'm going to die if I keep taking on board all of this stuff. So you have to reach this point where you're super honest and say, you know what, I'm an empath. I take on board too much. I need to set boundaries. Are you ringing me to catch up and say hi and ask me how I am and I get to ask you how you are? Or you're ringing me because you're feeling bad and you need to emotionally dump? Because I actually don't have the emotional bandwidth for this kind of conversation right now, but can we please schedule it in? Real friends, this is where I started to learn. Real friends, people who actually love and adore you and support you, will start to understand you because they'll appreciate the honesty that you're giving them. And they'll schedule in calls for when they can dump. They'll start to work around you. But empaths just need to know how to be more brutally honest. And we need to stop reading all of this literature. There's so much literature around Basically, enforcing that victim archetype into yes, you are a victim. Yes, there's these horrible, bad wolves called narcissists, and they're draining you dry. And we're calling them psychic vampires, and all these psychic vampires are like sucking your energy and leaving you dead in their wake, moving on to the next one. And there's no accountability, no responsibility, no self growth in being able to say, yeah, that's your fault which in itself is a form of narcissism. So one big thing that I teach empaths is you're actually narcissistic yourself. And once you start to realize that, you'll realize why you attract so many of them, because lack attracts lack. Once you start realizing your own narcissistic patterns, and then you're like, holy crap, I need to like go within and stop being so disconnected from self that I need validation through others by not setting boundaries and, and allowing you to do and say whatever and then finding some scrap of gold about i can feel this way about myself i can feel amazing about myself because you were nice to me even though you're an asshole once you realize that that's your form of narcissism and you can go within and validate yourself and love yourself and feel safe setting boundaries and start to release the shame and guilt and work on forgiveness and do all of this stuff this inner alchemizing i don't want to say work in alchemizing then you don't attract relationships like that and the ones that you do have that have been like that shift and change and the people that truly love you will shift and change and evolve with you and the ones that don't truly love you and we just in it for the right of how it made them feel will just start to drop off and that's okay
0: i guess i'm wondering like listening to you you could probably talk about a thousand different subjects and you know <laughs> without any prompt from me, you just are so passionate about everything that you're saying. I I really would love to know from you, Rebecca, you know, what are some of the biggest life lessons that you've learned along the way? I mean, you've talked about protecting your energy. You've talked about blocking out your spiritual connection, but then opening up to it again, you realize the connection when you're not in line with source and clearing and cleansing your energy. And the implication that has on your health and i guess i'm kind of wondering are these all part of the life lessons that you've learned do you feel you have some core ones where you're like damn i wish i knew that earlier but i know it now that you might be able to sort yeah. of share with our I wish home? I knew
1: that. i wish i knew that spiritual health was just as vital as mental and physical health i wish that and we're moving towards that i wish we were in a system where spiritual health was considered just as vital mind body and soul we are souls we have spiritual health we're spiritual beings experiencing this human experience and so if you want to keep your physical avatar healthy and you want to keep your emotional mental health healthy then you have to have good soul health good spiritual health and the best ways to do that are starting to connect in with your higher consciousness which is your soul so understanding consciousness physical body is subconsciousness subconsciousness is kind of like the computer the hard drive takes in all the coding takes in all the information all the experiences and goes and stores it in your hard drive and that's your subconsciousness and then your consciousness is your egoic consciousness and that's the human part of you that when when you physically leave this 3d world earth The ego doesn't go with you. The ego is designed to keep you safe. It's designed to keep you fed, clothed, all of these things. And so it's that little inner voice that will tell you that you're crap. Will tell you that, oh my God, you're so dumb. You're so this, you're so that. Or it'll elevate you into this place of you're better than everybody and nobody's as good as you and that megalomaniac kind of I don't want to say the person's name, but there's a, pe- a certain celebrity at the moment where everyone can see this massive ego on display because he's just burning his whole life down while he's doing it but you can see it in people that overstretched ego it's like well you're disconnected from your higher consciousness yeah. and your higher consciousness is your soul and it's the part of you that's forever and it's the part of you that knows all the life experiences that you've had it knows which different star systems you've had experience in it's the bit that contains all the data from all the life experiences whether or not they be in the past or the future and i say that in inverted commas because there's no such thing as past or future or time <laughs> so it's like it's the it's that database that essence of you that is completely connected to source energy knows that it's source energy experiencing self as lauren or rebecca or uh, it's it's that part of you, that intelligence, that unwavering intelligence of you know, high, your higher consciousness. And so that's the part that you want to access the most. That's the part that you want to drive your life. Mm-hmm. And it will drive your life into your husband being burnt, ends up being this career working <laughs> with serial killers. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. this part of you where it's like, holy crap, you nearly died. You need to rethink your life. It's a part of you that, will tell you I moved to Brisbane for goodness knows what reason, got miraculously pregnant up there, had this amazing experience with this hospital up there attached to this university and had this miracle chart at 40, which I was not supposed to be able to have. But I trusted my higher consciousness, go into state, move into state. All of these strange things that have happened to you that make no sense sometimes at the time, But you know that it's coming from that higher place of your intelligence, that place that comes from pure love. You're like, this is the universe, God, source, pure love, whatever word you want to put to it, this frequency that's moving through me is my compass and this is where I need to follow it. And so once you understand that that's your spiritual health, then you have to start looking, well, how do I connect into that? How do I navigate my way into it being the reasoning voice of my everyday existence. And so you need to understand things like frequency. So I've studied lots of stuff around quantum physics, frequency, how the field of energy and stuff works. Um, There is an amazing quantum physicist called Dr. Theresa Bullard, who has this beautiful grounded way of explaining the quantum mechanics behind um, spirituality and psychic abilities and stuff. So I highly recommend looking at her stuff. But it's kind of looking at, okay, I want to ground my energy, pull your frequency back into your 3D and grounding it into the earth, making sure that you're connected into the earth. Is finding a way to quieten down that egoic consciousness, quieten it down and be able to hear the difference between your ego talking to you and your higher consciousness talking to you. Most people will experience this in the shower. They'll be in the shower and all of a sudden they get these amazing ideas or they get, oh, like some clarity around something. It's because you shower like every day, maybe every day, some people, I don't know. But you shower every day. And your ego is like, oh, God, this again. So your ego shuts up for a minute because it's bored. It's just like, oh, I can't want to do this. And then your soul, like this is what my soul says, oh, my God, I thought that bitch had never shut up. Listen, blah, 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 blah. Because all of a sudden ego has gone quiet. So it's these experiences. You don't have to sit cross-legged on the floor with your fingers up in the air, meditating, picturing all your chakras. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to be doing yoga. You just need to make sure that you're doing something that's activating your right brain because mm-hmm. we're so left brain orientated. But like if you start to activate your right brain as much as your left brain and you deliberately try and create balance, it activates your pineal gland and your hypothalamus, which activates all these chemicals that start to open up your consciousness more. Like there's this whole science behind it. But what you want to do is find something. Meditation, guided meditation. I find that easier for, yeah. Like, I like to be told what to do because I make too many decisions in my normal life. Mm-hmm. I just want someone to guide me, tell me what to do. Just make me, I'm um, like the submissive to guided meditation. Find your, find you in a dominatrix guided meditation and get her to tell you how to see, what to look at, and just allow that process. Coloring in, coloring in has worked for a gazillion years, given it to patients for a gazillion years to calm down their psychosis and their symptoms because the right brain's activated it's connected into the subconsciousness the body left brain and ego and all that negative stuff kind of just gets bored and coloring in kind of starts to trigger this creative nurturing feminine side of us which is much easier for our higher consciousness to communicate to us through that frequency so coloring is an amazing form of meditation there's things like mindfulness Going to the beach, if you're lucky enough to live near the beach, roller skating or running or walking. I mean, uh, people run for fun. I personally don't understand anyone who goes and runs for fun, but I know there are people that do. They do. This is their meditation. I don't get it, but they do. (laughs) But just something that you know your mind quietens down. So you're doing that and grounding and just starting to cut out negative drama like gossip Mm.
0: the news
1: like go on a drama detox I don't want to watch the news anymore unless it's something important I don't want to answer the phone to that friend that's just going to ring up and bag everybody I don't want to go and have coffee with such and such when I know that they're just going to whinge about everything in their life and not listen to any advice or like I'm I'm removing myself and detoxing myself from all of this negative stuff until I can find my inner voice and then I'll start to slowly introduce some of that back because I'll find myself steadier and stronger with being able to listen to my own higher consciousness and then that's the most important thing that starts to move us on our path it opens up so many things around you new relationships new opportunities new ways of making abundance and prosperity in your life miracle kids like so many different things come from being able to find your higher consciousness voice ground yourself and then start introducing things like gratitude and forgiveness because it's frequency gratitude is receiving forgiveness is releasing everything's about release receive energy constantly flowing Once you start doing little things like this, your whole life, perspective, everything starts to shift. And honestly, you just realize, holy crap, we're playing a game and now it's fun. I don't want to check myself out of the game anymore. This is actually fun
0: yeah it's so funny how often we don't follow joy we do things because we feel like we have to do it or we've always done it this way or i feel pressure to do xyz programmed yeah. into that yeah right
1: from the get-go yeah. when we're watching things movies television the news in the background the radio in the background that's how we're programmed if you have a look at i get so worked up about fairy tales do you have a look at some of those fairy tales, like no wonder my brain has been so warped. I can remember my best friend and I, our daughters are like a month apart from each other. She's very into dancing and like, you know, dramatics and stuff. And I've, you know, been in jails and psych hospitals. This is like, she has this super successful business about money mindset. And here I am whinging about being on COVID wards. Like there's all of this dichotomy and stuff she said, Let's take us to see Beauty and the Beast. And I don't really remember Beauty and the Beast very much from when I was a kid. So we went to the live stage production of Beauty and the Beast. And the girls were so excited. And my friend was so excited because, you know, the costumes and it's a live production. And then I'm like, This is Stockholm's. What the hell is going on here? she saves her father who's been kidnapped and now she's in a cage and she's being allowed to come out and eat and this monster's telling like what is this nonsense we're feeding our kids (laughs) this is why pedophiles can get away with what they're getting away with this is why women get themselves into domestic violence relationships this is why we're constantly suppressing ourselves because this is the bullshit that's been fed to us right from before we could even read it ourselves it
0: was read to us I never realized it is Stockholm. Beauty and the so Beast. bad. Oh, so God. bad. Sleeping Beauty? Yeah. Hello, date
1: rape. Cinderella? Oh, your your mother died and your father just gave you up for some woman. Now you're being abused and he doesn't even care. And now some prince is going to save you because, oh, you're pretty. ongoing the little mermaid oh I love being down here I love everything oh but I like that man so I'm gonna give up my freedom of being able to be wherever I am and I'm I'm gonna have these legs he might kiss me but I'll never be able to speak again this is in our program before we can even read this crap ourselves wow so boys like this is not just a goal thing either this is boys being told save her rescue her be aggressive with her don't show emotion just come in because she's in distress so any tiny little thing that you do just give her a kiss it's against her will hey she's not even awake. just kiss her she'll be super grateful and she'll love you forever it's all of us have been programmed with this bullshit white patriarchal male crap wow wow I, I saw it in people people how can you work in jails? how can you work with pedophiles how can you work with serial killers how can you work with murderers? look at all those domestic violence and i just see this programming over and over and over and over again and yet we want to demonize these people we want to demonize these people for being part of the very system that makes us feel like we're a victim to all of this also It's just, well, we need to have these very frank, open conversations that are super uncomfortable. I'll probably get some backlash along the way around what I said. But unless I'm saying it and unless people are talking up from these places of darkness and saying, hey, this is what's really going on, then we're not going to evolve into these enlightened spiritual beings
0: that we want to be. Well, it's pretty fascinating. And I will say that I'll never look at fairy tales quite the same way after listening to you. So, (laughs) but I'm happy for that, you know, in a way, and I think a big part about what I've learned from you in this last hour has been about, you know, not letting life get you down, looking at the experience, learning from it and persevering and moving on. And I think that when you have someone like yourself, who's a warrior woman and who's, you know, catalyst for change. I mean, I find it to be refreshing and and inspiring because we don't all want to be the same and we do need to have different perspectives. And we do, that's how we learn, isn't it? And evolve in our soul. And, you know, all those tips that you're talking about, reconnecting with your soul's energy are so key to also help you to discern what's truthful for you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're at the end of our hour already, Rebecca. (laughs) like blink and it's done (laughs) what I'd love to know you know there are so many things that we could have discussed today I had about 15 questions that we didn't even get to but I know that you know I always trust spirit delivers what you know the listener at home is hoping to hear and what you feel called to speak on is always going to be the right thing so I guess I'm wondering if there's anything that you wanted to mention or bring up that I didn't ask you or you didn't have time to share how can people get a hold of you how can they find out more and I guess I kind of want to see whether or not you can kind of say a couple things to kind of help our listener at home maybe feel a little bit more I don't know I just think right now we're ending on the whole fairy tale thing and I feel confused (laughs) maybe we need some kind of uplifting motivational moment all right
1: bring it So go to my you can find me on my website which is my name rebeccagibson.com.au it totally needs updating so I think the best place to really get an understanding of what I'm hoping to share for people is on my youtube channel which I should pay more attention to golden goddess tv is the youtube channel and I have downloaded meditations on there like ones that I've downloaded and channeled and put together there is a five-day this is like a, was a really huge thing for me to put out the beginning of the pandemic when I still wasn't telling my colleagues at the hospital that I had this business as a psychic medium because you know that's a whole conversation I have a five-day free and don't do like two days at once because they're a little bit much it's a five-day free soul activation And in these soul activations, I introduce people to light language. And so introducing people to that you can hear, communicate, feel through your heart and soul without your ego understanding a single word that's being said and to understand that it's all about frequency. And so that, that fire free day thing is to help people to tune in to listening to their higher self, listening to their heart because it's the heart is where it all starts to come through our hearts what's plugged into the universe your heart's your most intelligent organ it's the organ that creates our aura our big electromagnetic field so you want to listen to everything and learn to speak everything from your heart space because you know that's the bit that's connected if you if you become brain dead your body your avatar will still continue to expand its cells grow itself, cells regenerate itself. as long as your heart's still plugged into the game your body will still continue to do everything even though your brain's like checked out so that soul activation is to teach you to get into your heart to get out of your ego some people found it very confronting because he's this person oh she's grounded she's scientific she's got all these degrees look at her Holy crap, what's coming out of her mouth? She's speaking in tongues. What is happening? But it's not. It's so awesome. that's a, That's a good place for people to start, to see that I totally took myself out of my comfort zone to post that in the public arena. Yeah. And I'm taking myself out of my comfort zone because I want everybody else to take themselves out of their comfort zone, for everybody else to live their truth, to come from their heart. The truth of life for all of us is in our hearts and should we listen and speak from our hearts with each other we would clear up this ridiculous mess that we find ourselves in quicker than anything but you know we need to have these conversations where people need to like dig into their heart what's my belief and what's something that's been programmed to me yeah. and that's five-day soul activation is like a a big kickstart a big boot up the bum let's go so get it yeah golden goddess tv get on there find 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 a place somewhere
0: in there or yeah. just think like this chick's wackadoo. do <laughs> well i mean the thing is that there's something for everyone right? that's what i love about life exactly you, sometimes you'll gravitate towards some people and you won't others and that's totally fine
1: yeah and i hope that it's permission for people to think wow this is her background this is what she does this is her education yeah. and yeah she's speaking light language maybe I can just finally let go yeah. of all of my egoic crap and me just be my crazy self too I, yeah. I say now with total pride yep I'm weird and what are you gonna do about it
0: yeah yeah, but I think that, you know, what you have been able to do as well as you know that you're enough as you are and you don't need the permission of other people. And so that allows you to be able that's to- journey
1: to get to that spot. That's like three podcasts to discuss that.
0: <laughs> for all of it, isn't yeah. it?
1: That's like suitcases. Of, that's a storage unit of suitcases to unpack for us all to talk about. Are you really thinking that you're good enough?
0: Mm. But the point is that's that you hard, can get hard place
1: to find if you put in the work. Yes, you can. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah if you put in the alchemizing, I don't want to say work anymore you're right. You're I like, like that. i seems good i like because that we're exhausted. The mere thought of someone saying work right now after two years of this, this, it's like, oh, I don't want to work. Oh, um no, I'm just gonna go sit on the couch and watch the real housewives of wherever bills.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. So alchemizing. Alchemist.
1: Alchemist. Yeah, I love,
0: turning, well, I love it. Turning your stuff into gold. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show, Rebecca. I've learned a lot and it was quite a different episode. So I really think that that was so great. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.